the very beginning of all things, when God creates the first two human beings in his image, the first thing he said is not good is that the man is alone. Let us make man in our image. Well, one human being cannot adequately reflect the image of God to the rest of creation on his own or her own. And he created one out of the man who was like the man, but also different from the man. Now he says, this is very good. Creating two people who are one and yet also distinct from each other is a much better picture of that. And in that unity plus diversity equaled multiplication. The creational mandate was to go forth and, and cultivate and and create and subdue the earth and give birth to more people, multiply, because of this unity they had of coming from one flesh, but also because they were distinct from each other, they were able to multiply. A unity that exists among diverse people breeds multiplication. And so you fast forward through the story and Jesus calls 12 disciples that are so different from each other. You have a tax collector who's a traitor to his own people, hanging out with a zealot of his own people, and now they've become community and family with each other. That's what the spirit of unity through Jesus does. And then you fast forward through the story. In Acts, you get that they had all things in common, even though they had different views and different walks of life and different experiences and different talents and gifts, different ways of looking at things. They all were following Jesus together and they were able to care for one another in a community. There are people in our congregation who are different from us. That's a beautiful, good, God-given, created thing in order for us to see different aspects of the image of God together. But what the enemy wants to do is distort that and take what's diverse and make it division. Let's start the show. Welcome to For the Sake of Phoenix, a podcast by Missio Day Communities where we discuss how a community of God's people can learn to grow in God's ways for the sake of our city. I'm Chris Preby. I'm one of the hosts and one of the pastors of Missio Day Phoenix. We believe the Bible tells one unified story, and it's the true story of the whole world, a story that moves from creation to restoration, where Jesus is the hero and the church is invited to join in his redemptive work. Before I go any further, let me introduce you to my friend, co-pastor, and co-host of the show, Anthony Suarez. You can be known by the creator of the universe and deeply loved. And we as the church are to be an expression of that. We are to be the mediator, the ambassador, the expression of God loving his people. And so now the church is having to navigate, what does that look like in the midst of stay-at-home orders? All right, today we're going to talk about uh, just this culture of division. Things tend to be centered around politics or education or, uh, you know, just different things in our society and different people have differing views on all of these different parts of life. Those views tend to be very strong views, strongly held convictions on what should be done or what shouldn't be done, or it should be done this way and not this way. In this current culture, in this current um pandemic, what does it look like to come alongside people and love them, even though their views are very, very different than what you might hold? Right now, today, there seems to be a very strong division um, brewing, and it may have already been manifested just 
behind this, uh, should we stay home and keep doing what we're doing uh, for the sake of others, protecting them, especially the most vulnerable? Um, or do we need to start things back up? Also with the same conviction of for the sake of others, mm. right? So um, for the sake of the economy, for the sake of others, so they can earn um, money to support their family, buy the things that they need for their families. So both sides have the strongly held conviction for the sake of others. Some within those camps, there's both um, for my sake as well. Yeah. You know, like open up the economy so I can make more money. Mm-hmm. Or stay or home. Or I don't have to so stay I home. Can- <laughs> <laughs> or stay at home for my sake uh, so I don't get sick. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you spend any time on Facebook or any time on social media, you'll see just a plethora of how dare you? Yeah. Uh, how dare you leave your house without a mask on? How dare you go out um, of your house? Or how dare you Im- infringe on my freedoms? Mm. And so today we're just going to be talking about how does the church come alongside and um, love those people, no matter what side you're on. Because the, the reality is within our church, within every church, you're going to have people on either side, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to have people who... Right now are saying, no, stay home and r- sitting right next to them in a pew. Normally it would be a, a in the church or a pew. We don't really use pews anymore, but. Still fun to say though. Yeah. You know, like when you say pew, you know what I'm talking about yeah. in church. <laughs> um, right next to them would, would, some, would be someone sitting there saying, no, we need to start up. We need to open it back up. Because it's highly politicized too. There's like a there's a sense of arrogance sometimes with that as well. Um, I think on one side, maybe like, a, Oh, I can't believe you guys are wearing masks. Like, and you're, you're playing into the system, you know, like a sheep is the word that I've heard thrown around, you know? Uh, and then on the other side of like, like you said, how dare you, or I can't believe how insensitive you are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an anger brewing behind it because it's been politicized, which is a crazy thing to me. Like, that everything in our culture becomes politicized and it becomes you're either in this camp or you're in that camp. Mm-hmm. You're either on my team or you're against me. You're either in this left column or in the right column. And I think for us, for the church, as you said, the whole world is divided over so many different things. Uh, and that happens within the church as well. But for the church on these different views, look, it's okay to be on either side of that view if we're all looking at it through the lens of the gospel. Are we making this decision of staying home because of what we see in the scriptures and in the story of God and how he's at work and how uh, Jesus was forming a community to care for one another, right? Are we deciding to get with people and in community because of how we see in the scriptures, Jesus was forming a community around a table or whatever the case may be. But either way, like, are we taking the time to do that work or are we only listening to Fox or CNN? Are we only listening to Facebook posts? Are we only um, coming up with stuff inside of our own head? I mean, that's just a lot of the difficulty trying to navigate that. I think the hard part is the Bible doesn't specifically address what to do, how to love people in the midst of a pandemic, Mm. right? Thou Um, shalt wear masks. Yeah, right. (laughs)
what you told me the other day, I think, well, I think uh, our friend Patrick told you, is that uh, it's a lot easier to be against somebody when you don't know them. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he said. Is that what he said? Yeah, that came out of a conversation he and I were having, uh, just in general of the polarization going on. Yeah, and that, that was, uh, I think something I said to him was, when we've seen this a lot in our communities, in our uh, church, in our missional communities, like someone who comes in with ideologies around a certain thing, that when they start meeting people in person and hearing their stories and seeing their faces, um, suddenly that, that changes the way they interact with those folks. And, and then, I think we even talked about this in our first episode a little mm-hmm. bit, and then their ideologies and their experience don't match up necessarily, right? But what they start to see people as people, as human beings, also made in the image of God. Uh, but then when you're separate from that for some time, you stop thinking about their story. You stop seeing them as a human being. Um, and you now you're seeing their ideologies. You're seeing their, their worldview. You're seeing their political party and affiliation, you know? And so then it's, it's easier when you're distant to make judgments on a person. Yeah, and I think that's why social media is just filled with a lot of anger and frustration and division because you may have known them at one time, right? Most of your Facebook friends you've known or you have some connection with, Mm -hmm. right? There's probably not too many of your Facebook friends where you're just like, well, they're a friend of a friend of a friend. So yeah, I'll add them as a friend, you know? I get those requests, but I'm like, "Uh, yeah, why? So you may have some connection with them, but on social media platforms, they t- you just see them as a as a post, yeah. right? You you see their picture in the, you know, the top left, and then you just read what they what they wrote. So it, they just become a post. They mm-hmm. just become someone who's adding to the the social media narratives and all the different narratives that are out there. And so there's not that personal. Um, let's have a conversation over coffee moment. It's just like, oh, that's one part of a view that you have. It appears to be a very strong conviction that you have and mine's totally different. So we're going to argue on Facebook right? or Instagram or whatever. Typically it's Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, you don't see a lot on Instagram of like, I hate that picture you posted. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, since Instagram is more centered around pictures. So we, as you said earlier, we've always seen division come into the church for a number of reasons, but in this particular situation, now you have people who have been in community together, even in the same like missional community or small group or whatever you call it at your church, right? The same group of people living life together who now have been physically separated from each other for some time. And again, are seeing those posts from one another and it's starting to kind of creep up within them of like, oh man, I, I can't believe this person, right? And so division is starting to happen within people who were already united. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to remember like this has always been the attack of the enemy on the church from the beginning. And there's it's taking something beautiful God made and distorting it. And I think at the very, if we were to take everyone back through the story in a brief way, the very beginning of all things, when God creates the first two human beings in his image, 
you know, the first thing he said is not good is that the man is alone. Mm-hmm. And then when, when he created one out of the man who was like the man, but also different from the man. Now he says, this is very good. Like it, it's, he's expounding on this is good, good, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's because he, at the beginning it was like, let us make man in our image. Well, one human being cannot adequately reflect the, the image of God to the rest of creation on his own or her own. And so creating two people who are one and yet also distinct from each other is a much better picture of that. And in that I heard one speaker, I can't remember who it was. So I'll just quote it as my own. (laughs) (laughs) I remember one speaker saying uh, that there is this, that it was unity plus diversity equaled multiplication. Mm. The creational mandate was to go forth and, and cultivate and and create and subdue the earth and and um, you know give birth to more people, multiply, right? And that was because of this unity they had of of coming from one flesh, but also because they were distinct from each other, they were, had diversity mm. that they were able to multiply. And I think that that's just a small little picture of what the church itself is supposed to be that a unity that exists among diverse people breeds multiplication. Mm-hmm. And so you fast forward through the story and Jesus calls 12 disciples. I mean, there's a, a crowd of people following him, but specifically 12 to represent the tribes of Israel that are so different from each other that, you know, you have a tax collector who's basically like hated by all his own people, right? He's a traitor to his people hanging out with a zealot of his own people, Peter, who just wanted like, we're going to go in and we're going to destroy Rome and we're going to like those who are faithful, true Jews will be sitting at the top, you know, like, and now they're, they've become community and family with each other. That's what the spirit of unity through Jesus does. Mm-hmm. And then you fast forward through the story in acts, you get, you know, acts two saying that they had all things in common, which I used to read and think like, Oh, they <laughs> agreed on everything. Yeah. But it's all physical things. Like even though they had different views and different, um, walks of life and different experiences and different talents and gifts, different ways of looking at things. They all were following Jesus together and they were able to care for one another in a community. And so I think that's just super important for us to remember in the, in the lens of the story is there are people in our congregation who are different from us and that that's not a bad thing. In fact, that's a beautiful, good, God-given, created thing in order for us to see different aspects of the image of God together. But what the enemy wants to do is distort that and take what's diverse and make it division. Mm. Yeah. I had like two questions and you, I think you just answered both of them. (laughs) I think I just re-preached one of my old sermons. (laughs) It's all coming back to you now. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think what's lost today is just that beauty of diversity. Mm. It is good for us not to be the same. Because we get to find different perspectives. We get to hear different stories. And I think one of the things that gets lost, especially in social media, and it's hard now because we can't meet in person. We're not supposed to. I know that came off probably like we're not supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm anti not meeting with people. Are we going to show our cards on this episode? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I mean, it's probably what it'll, it'll come out. 
but I mean, that's the hard part right now is that we can't, we can't sit face to face. We can't sit and have those conversations over a cup of coffee right. or, or something. And, and honestly, a lot of people don't do that anyway. Mm. They're perfectly fine having those conversations or arguments or debates on social media yeah. because they're behind a screen. So they don't have to face, like you were talking about earlier, where your ideals and your values and your ethics, your your convictions that you have when you meet with somebody face to face whose convictions or morals or ethics or values are very different from yours. Mm-hmm. And you sit with them and you hear their story and you and you sit and you listen and you see why they hold these convictions. Right. What has happened in their life where they they are staunchly convicted that this is true and right and mm-hmm. good. But you believe that this is true and right and good and it's completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. When you sit with them face to face and you hear their story of why they hold those things, then you're able to say, oh, okay. One, now I know where this is coming from. And two, now I know how to love you. Yeah. Because now I know um, what pain or hurt uh, or trauma has caused you to hold these convictions Mm -hmm. or what joys Mm -hmm. and blessings, what hopes, what hopes have led you to hold these convictions. Yeah. And so now I hear your story and now I can say, Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And then you get to see them as a a whole person as well. And you go, yeah, I I may still disagree with that area, but yeah, actually really cool. Like, yeah, I've gotten to know you as a person. I, it's crazy how much we actually get along and like, or how many things we do have in common outside of that. How can we be so different on this viewpoint that I hold so dearly? And yet we're so similar in so many other ways, you know, like you, you mm-hmm. see them as a whole person and might even find like, Oh, this is, this person reminds me of a family member or this is like, I could be friends with this person. Yeah. I think our goal in this episode is not to talk about the differences in the political views around stay at home or reopen, not to talk about the uh, what makes the most sense and, and try to solve those problems because we won't. <laughs> right. But the goal is to remember most of us aren't in contact with Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi on the daily, right? Nope. But who you are in contact with is your neighbors, fellow community members, fellow church family members, um, your own family members who this politicized issue has turned you against. Mm-hmm. So the goal is to help us to see one another as other people made in the image of God and to maybe start to understand a little bit of where each of these two views come from and to be able to look at it through a gospel lens in a way that still loves one another. Stay at home to protect people or start back up to protect people. 
let's talk about, let's play like kind of some role playing. You pick one, Anthony, and tell us why you think this is the best thing in order to care for other people. Yeah. <laughs> it's debate time. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll pick the, what would be the easier one for me? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll pick the disclaimer. Like this is not necessarily the views we each hold. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> we'll never tell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like my my views on this change a lot. Yeah. Um. You know, there's days where I'm like, eh, we need to we need to start this thing back up, and then there's days where I'm like, no, we need to we need to stay home. Mm-hmm. Um. And sometimes it changes just on based on stories that I hear of how it's affecting different people. Yeah. So for me, I'm highly, highly empathetic. So for me to hear people's pain and hurt, I, I feel that with them. And so the people that I'm reading stories about that are affected by this and they have lost loved ones or they're on the front lines and they're, they're scared. Mm-hmm. They're scared that they're going to bring this home to their families, to their friends. Um, there's a part of me, a big part of me that empath, empathizes with them and says, no, we need to stay home. Right. But then when I hear stories of people losing their jobs and now they can't afford their mortgage mm-hmm. or, or some are struggling with, you know, even getting food, it, I empathize with them and I'm like, no, we need to start this thing back up. Right. So that's, I think, part of the difficulty in this of just trying to navigate like all of these different stories because it's impacting people so mm-hmm. differently. And so people have these strong convictions based on how it's affecting them personally. Yeah. And so how do we come alongside and love those people um, in the midst of two very different stories mm-hmm. that they're living in? And I, I, I think we need to remember too, like um, in the midst of this, one, I would not want to be the governor yeah. or the president or any politician making major decisions based on it's hard enough making these decisions for our church, right? Yeah. Or honestly, it's hard enough making these decisions for my family. For my family, yeah. I, I think we need to remember too, like a lot of times we villainize politicians, which sometimes they <laughs> earn that. They earn that title. Um, but at the same time, God has called us to pray uh, for our for our leaders, for yeah. our politicians. And if we're willing to take a step back and put ourselves in their shoes and say, if I was governor, what would I do? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you have to take into consideration all peoples of your state. Right. So from Snowflake to Tucson to Yuma to Phoenix to Prescott, you know, like mm-hmm. all small towns, you know, the, the tribes up north on the reservation. Yeah. You're having to make a decision statewide that's going to impact millions of people. And so I'm getting an anxiety attack just thinking about that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so like we have this tendency of like, how is this affecting me Mm -hmm. and my person, my personal family or, or, you know, my personal community? Everything you just said was so good. But at the same time, you just politicianed me. Because yeah, sorry. you found a really great way <laughs> to get out of taking a side and, uh, <laughs> and answering for them. But it's good because I think what you said was better. My thought in that was, because um, we just, we sent out a survey 
for our church of, hey, what are your thoughts on when we start getting back to our missional communities meeting, to us gathering again on Sundays? And on those, like, all the answers are so different from each other. And these are people who we know love each other mm-hmm. and do life together. And how do you, again, how do you get from my, my concern is when things do get reopened up and people can start making those decisions of, Hey, we're going to get together again or we're not that no matter what decision we make for the church, there's going to be people, um, there's going to be more division coming up at that moment. There's going to be opportunities for people to start either getting maybe hurt a little bit um, or offended or people who maybe start turning their nose down on a certain decision uh, and people who start looking at one another who are even in a missional community together and start going like, I can't believe you want to get together right now and have our kids spread all their germs or I can't believe you're staying home and you're not like joining in this Mm. community anymore, you know? So in that sense of like, let's help these brothers and sisters who are so close to one another see from the other person's perspective that like, Hey, this is not a a politics thing. This is, this is what I think could be the best for the community. And the reality is none of us know. Yeah. Like the numbers are so, there's such a a guessing game right now. Mm -hmm. Like we just don't have good numbers, especially in Arizona. So everyone's just trying to kind of think through what could be the best thing. So for a person who's thinking it could be best for us to restart things back up. I think it's important for the other person who thinks no, it's best to stay home to know that decision isn't necessarily out of, I'm just tired of this and I want to go eat at a restaurant again, or I want to go to a movie theater again. And it's also not necessarily out of just a personal, like I want to get back to work. Yeah. Um, But So I heard a comment on that note of someone saying, uh, basically, well, those people who are just being selfish and wanting to keep their business open, which I thought like that, that's a leap. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because if you're talking about a business owner, I mean, the person who said that probably wants to keep their job too, I'm assuming. Yeah. But now when you're talking about business owner, it's not just keeping their own job. It's keeping their employees jobs. So it's actually a, a selfless thing. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, it's I want people to have work. I want people to have have their bills met. I want people to have access to health care again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want people to have access to people who are most vulnerable and cannot shelter in place because they're homeless or whatever the case may be. Um, like what what's happening with them right now? You know, because we're all sitting inside in our AC and there's people who are, it's a hundred something degrees outside right now and they don't have anywhere to go. And the food kitchen in sunny slope is closed down. Mm-hmm. The food bank at the church we rent from was closed down for about a month. They reopened again. But what about these people who don't have places to go and get food now or don't have shelters to go to anymore? And so there's a lot of people thinking we need to reopen because of the deaths that could happen if we don't. Uh, like understanding that there's a problem with the virus, but that this could also create problems for people too. And so uh, it's good, I think, to understand there's a lot of people with that mindset that are going, this is actually for the safety of others too. This is for caring for other people too. Mm -hmm. 
It's not just a selfish motivation. But on the flip side of that, what is the person who wants to start back up as soon as possible need to hear and know about the person who thinks it's best to stay home and care for people that way? I think with both sides, again, I'm, I'm probably going to play the politician here and not directly answer your question. <laughs> for, for, for how much I hate politics, and I might make a good you politician. You would be a good one, yeah. <laughs> I think what both sides need to hear is what fear are they operating out of? Because I feel like both sides, there's, the, there's this underlying fear. And I think fear is a great motivator. Fear drives us to have strong convictions on certain things yeah. um, that may not lie in truth mm. or may not be beneficial yeah. or may not be beneficial for all. So I, on, I feel like on both sides, there's this fear. It, stay at home. Um, there's this fear of, of catching that virus, of catching the coronavirus. There's a fear of maybe spreading it to a loved one. Yeah. Um, you know, like the fear, I, I feel like the fear of what ifs, mm. because there's so much we don't know about this virus because of, um, just different things we're hearing from different medias, right? Mm. So we'll hear one thing from Fox, we'll hear something else from CNN, we'll hear something else from MSNBC. Uh, we'll hear something else from a you know local the onion the, the onion yeah the Babylon Bee maybe <laughs> <laughs> hope you all know those are sarcasm <laughs> but you hear all of this different information and so constantly you're ask you're having to sift through a lot of this and what do I want to believe yeah typically we're gonna believe what feeds our own narrative mm-hmm. right or or feeds into our fears um, so if I'm afraid of catching this thing, if I'm afraid of um, the repercussions that this virus could have on a global scale or within my immediate family, uh, if I'm afraid of those things and you go through the what ifs, what if I get it? What if my kid gets it? Mm. What if my father gets it who's um, has an autoimmune disease? Yeah. What if I get it and I, I don't know I have it yet and I spread it to my dad who has the autoimmune disease? Right. What all those what ifs. And so there's this fear of um, just the unknown. And then on the other side, we need to start back up because of the fear of um, not having work, the Mm -hmm. fear of not having a paycheck, the fear of not being able to provide for my family, the fear of not being, not being able to provide um, work for my employees and their families and how it's going to affect them. Um, so what if I can't provide for my family? What if I have to fire all my workers? Um, what if we can't buy food? What if, you know, all of those different things. And so we need to start it up now. So I I think, I think what both sides need to hear and understand is that there's an underlying fear on both sides. Um, that's driving these strong convictions and opinions. Mm. And so when we, when we can come and speak to and address um, those fears, then I, I think it helps both sides understand where each other's coming from. Yeah. And I think that's when we can actually love people who are 
have a differing view or different conviction on this than we do. Now, as elders of the church, that's that's a hard decision to make of when to reopen because of those fears. Like you were saying, like you were saying earlier, when when do we open up? Um, when do we open our doors again and start to gather together physically again in in a in our church building? Like I was talking about earlier, kind of putting yourself in the shoes of your governor or, mm-hmm. or a legislator or, or or the president or a congressperson, and having to make these decisions. Like we're having to make those same decisions on a, a lot smaller scale. Yeah. Um, but weighing what is best for our community um, and that being the heart of the question. But there's so many different ways you could go with that. Mm-hmm. And so just continuing to pray that the Spirit would um, give us wisdom and discernment in how to best love our church family. Yeah, if you're listening, pray for us in that decision process. And those who are part of our church family who have uh, responded to that survey. Thank you for your input, and your insight, and that's helping us weigh a decision. If you are listening to this episode, hoping to find out where Anthony and I stand on this, sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> We're still sifting through it ourselves. But again, just that goal of we, we want to make this decision in the way that is best caring for one another and caring for our community. And yeah. so, yeah, we have several family units to think through. Um, in this decision, but we also have to look at how does that decision, if our congregation starts meeting again, how does that affect the community around us as well? Mm-hmm. So pray for wisdom in that uh, and pray that that decision is not made out of fear from both of us. Yeah. I was just going to say that decision is very easily can be easily made out of our own conviction, mm-hmm. out of where we stand on whether we start up, like where I stand personally, right. whether we start up or stay home. Like I said, my mine changes on the daily, so mm-hmm. it would depend on when you would ask me. <laughs> so you might need to ask me multiple days and maybe take the average. We should record uh, this each day this week and then just, yeah, take the average and go, okay, this is the episode we're posting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just. to remember that perfect love casts out all fear. We don't have to make any decision ever based out of fear because the only one we truly have reason to fear is the Lord who has given his life for us. Like he, he has completely laid himself down in order to bring us back and restore us into right relationship with him. So there's no fear there that perfect love casts out fear. When, when you're, wrapped up in Jesus, who is the king of the universe. Mm. And you look out at anything else going on and you go, man, I'm with the dude that overcame death. I don't have to fear this virus. You know, like I'm with the dude who will one day rule all the world in its entirety in a perfect renewed earth. 
Uh, and so I don't have to fear what this political party decision is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that reminder, like we, we don't have to make those decisions in fear, but even still, I, I want people to hear like the person you think is making their decision out of fear and you don't think you are. Um, mm-hmm. And when we say that and you go, yeah, hopefully they'll stop making this decision out of fear and they'll come over to my side. Yeah. That's not the case. Like even still, when we are making decisions out of not fear, but how do we love one another? We will sometimes come up with different answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I think what you said too earlier about, uh, you know, some people who are wanting to stay home is not necessarily out of fear of them getting it, but it's a fear of them giving it mm-hmm. to somebody else. That's a huge point for the person who's saying we need to start up to hear, to go like a lot of people who are saying, no, we need to stay home. It's not a selfish decision that they're making. It's a decision to say, I'll probably get it and I'll be fine. I may have already had it. Like it probably won't affect me. Right. Uh, but I could be the one of those people who gets it and doesn't even realize it and then gives it to this person who it could really, really harm. Mm-hmm. And they're going, I'm willing to sacrifice my lifestyle and my time and even work hours and all this stuff and my sanity a little mm-hmm. bit and stay home for another month or two or whatever it takes to protect other people. And I think, again, like that may not have been the decision that you came to, but recognize that we can, we can make these decisions out of love and even come to a different outcome. And so how do we proceed then? You know, is there a way to still be in unity while making different moves? You know, like, is there a way to those people who once the government says it's okay, those people who want to, start meeting in homes together again can do that without shaming or completely leaving out those people who don't feel comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, smaller family units getting together at a time and still zooming or Skyping in or whatever, the people who are staying home and, Mm -hmm. and still loving one another and caring for one another through those different decisions that have been made. As a reminder to wrap up that story of seeing the unity and diversity that leads to multiplication from the beginning and creation all the way through, that that story ends with all of us sitting around a table at a banquet feast. And so economy has opened back up. (laughs) Uh, The table has opened back up, more importantly. Community is physically present with one another. And every tribe and tongue and nation is represented that there's a diversity represented there and a unity at the table that the kingdom has multiplied and flourished so that's our hope we hold on to we look forward to uh, and that we don't have to make decisions based out of fear because we can trust the one who has secured that future already for us Mm -hmm. and we just pray that the spirit would give us wisdom and grace to look as much like that in the meantime as we can in order to point people forward to that hope. So what we would like to do for the next episode is kind of maybe take a break and maybe do kind of a question and response time. So if you have any questions, feel free to send us a question. So you can do that by either recording yourself. If you record a your voice and send it to us, we will play it 
on the episode and then respond to that. Uh, or you can just email us at hello at missiophx.com and we will read your question and respond to that 